everyone, this is Siren Ray, and you're listening to this freaking show. What's up, everybody? I am Travis and Welcome to another episode of This Freaking Show. It is a weekly podcast with a little bit of something and a whole lot of nothing. It is the same podcast that's brought to you every week by the Fire Pit Bar and Grill of Piazzone, Illinois. If you're looking for a down-home country restaurant that offers you a burger and beer for just $7.99 every Monday and Wednesday, wings on Tuesday for just $0.75, cents, or bingo on Thursday that is absolutely free to play, check out the Fire Pit Bar and Grill of Piazzone. You can find my Facebook at Fire Pit Bar. Um, we do have another sponsor, and that is WeAreDeputized.com. If you're uh, the kind of gentleman who likes to wear ties, especially high-quality ties, at a very reasonable price of just $15 a piece, check out WeAreDeputized.com. And bonus, at checkout, if you use the promo code FREAKIN, F-R-E-A-K-I-N, you save on shipping. Free shipping on the promo code FREAKIN, F-R-E-A-K-I-N, at WeAreDeputized.com. Uh, quick disclaimer to everyone, or just a heads up. I don't know if it's a disclaimer. I don't really know what that word means. I just want to say it sound fancy. Anyways, just a quick heads up to everyone. This episode is part two of a four-part series uh, about the keto diet with uh, my guest, Jackie. If you have not heard the first episode yet, it is the one before this, episode 27, so make sure you go back and listen to that one first. Uh, we sat down for over two hours to talk about the keto diets. We had a lot of content we went over, and it all started with episode one. So make sure you go back, check out that one first, then come on back and check this one out. So we're not going to do too much uh, here at the beginning of the episode because we do, like I said, we do have a lot to go over, and I'm sure a lot of you here would rather hear more about the keto diet than what's going on with Travis T. So why don't we go ahead and jump right back into that um, interview. Okay. Now, when it comes to fasting, um, I know a lot of uh, there's a lot of things out there about the eight. I do the eight sixteen fasting. Um, okay. I don't do it all the time. I, I when I do do it, I I try to do it for like a couple of weeks and stuff like that. And I take a break and everything. But obviously, there's a lot of benefit to the fasting when you want to jumpstart uh, keto, like at the beginning. But is there cool. a benefit to uh, fasting throughout the entire like diet that you're doing? Okay. When it comes to fasting, um, it's the same as anything else. You know, you really need to listen to your body. Um, but the benefits of fasting, you know, when your body, I know I was so used to eating lifestyle to where, you know, you were told to eat every few hours and, you know, we were used to eating time versus when we were actually hungry. But when you take the food and stuff away, um, your body isn't busy digesting all the time. So when you fast, your body um, has time to actually fully digest the food that you've already intake, plus burn the calories you've already eaten. You naturally start eating less over time from using fasting exercises or practices. And when your body isn't busy constantly focusing on food and where to put it, it has time to actually stop and think and start um, 
working in other areas to where it might not have been able to get to before. It's where it kind of starts healing itself. Um, it finds like little ways to start healing itself when it's not busy, um, constantly busy with trying, confused with what to do with food or where to store this. But fasting every day, there's different ways to fast, but the intermittent fasting, the one, it depends. Some people can do it every day and feel fine. Um, usually I would say like the healthy dose of an intermittent fasting of doing, whether you do the 16, eight, you do the 12, 12, you know, or you do the six, eight or yeah, the six, what's the other one, but a little smaller, you get it. The six, 18, yeah. um, you know, I, some people do it three to five days a week is usually like a healthy dose. Like, so they might fast one day and practice that intermittent fast the one day, not do it the second day. There's people that feel good enough to do it every day. Um, but the big thing is, you know, you don't want to force it. If you actually feel hungry, then you should eat. Um, if you're somebody that when you're fasting, if you're constantly cold, or if you get mood swings, or you just seem really irritable, that's a sign during your fasting practice that maybe you should pull back a little bit. Um, it's usually a go-to sign that your thyroid hormones are a little imbalanced. Um, but when you're fasting too, when you do have your eating window, you kind of want to stay within your macros during that eating window. Um, but in order for fasting to work, like people think that, oh, well, if I just starve my body, not do anything and get into ketosis, everything's going to magically just come together. But what they don't realize is it's just a tool into the process. It's not the process itself. You know, you can, mm -hmm. um, you can starve yourself, but you're still going to find other areas in order for it to really, to utilize the power of fasting you really need to be on your nutrition. You know, you really want to be, when you are finally fueling your body, just fuel it a little, put a little more thought into it, and you're going to realize a drastic result. You know, you're going to want some better sleep, you know, good sleep. And the biggest inhibitor when it comes to weight loss is stress. I know we are all stressed in life, but you want to try to find some point in your day to have a little zen moment, <laughs> especially <laughs> in your moody, crabby, irritable fasting, because it's eventually going to kick and you'll get that aha moment when it comes to fasting, but you just sort of have to stick it out and just try to find your peace so it comes a little quicker. <laughs> but um, fasting, whether you do it for extended fasts, um, which are like, 60 hour fasts and beyond, which I do an extended fast once a month. Um, I am one of the reboot coaches. So I help coach and lead the reboot once a month of an extended 60 hour water, water aided ketone fast that we do. Um, but whether you do an intermittent fasting or an extended fasting, you know, the benefits I mean, anybody can research the phenomenal benefits, but the ones that really stick out, you know, they support your muscles through your growth and they also help promote um, when ketones are released, when your body's in ketosis, you know, ketone bodies themselves preserve muscles. 
So it's going to help promote anti-aging a little bit on top of, you know, the preserving of the muscles and helping the enhancement and growth. When you're fasting, you have better metabolism because you're hitting, like we said before, on a deeper metabolic level of cellular energy and biology. Um, you get, um, it's been proven a little bit that, you know, it helps with a longer lifespan because when you're fasting, you know, your body's doing things. It's, you know, that autophagy, that healing itself. Um, but fasting changes the gene expression a bit to where it'll improve longevity. Um, we all know the biggest reason for fasting or the biggest reason for ketosis is to reduce inflammation. But we all know ketosis is good for that. But I'm going to be honest with y'all. Um, fasting, hands down, reduces inflammation way better than ketosis. Um, you know, when you, you're fasting or you're practicing fasting practices for the long term, you know, you're not only improving your insulin sensitivity, since your body gets a break from constant insulin spikes, et cetera, but you're also repairing your body naturally to where it, heal, it heals itself. But when you pair the fasting practices where your body's healing itself, helping itself with a ketogenic healthy lifestyle to where you're fueling your body with really good fats, you're fueling your body with however you define your macros of quality of food into your macros, you know, whatever works for you works for you. It all works as long as, you know, you get that tweak of that little biohack into your chemistry naturally. But those two together, like the ultimate fat burning, amazing energy combo ever created. Like it's better than any workout. I mean, pre-workout I've ever tried, any supplement, any, any fad diet, quick diet. So there's super good, super benefits with fasting, but there's even more benefits when you pair it with more of a ketogenic or a cyclic ketogenic sort of lifestyle or you know, eating. I got you. And uh, since you mentioned uh, pre-workout, uh, one of the questions we do have here is uh, what are um, the benefits of working out and what kind of workouts can you do while on a keto diet? Okay. I know that's the one thing a lot of people are afraid of when they hear keto is, uh, well, the, the rumor that I used to hear all the time was you can't build muscle on keto. It's impossible physically. Mm -hmm. Well, kind of. Um, but the fact that it's all about diet too and how much you're putting into your body. Um, so when you're in ketosis for long periods of time or through transition, okay, when you're going into ketosis, you wanna get to the point where you're through that transition period to where you're burning fat for fuel, you're keto adapted, meaning you're fat adapted, you've got a good level amount of ketones in your body, um, you're feeling good, but when you hit that keto adaptation, it actually helps your performance elevate. And you just have to match your workouts to your macros. And that's what makes the difference. It depends on how hard, what your goals are, um, I guess, for your workouts. But what I always urge for is, you know, during transition, I always urge, you know, keep it light. Um, you know, your muscles, like we talked before, you, they're already depleting, they're already detoxing, 
your body's going through a huge change in a small amount of time trying to. So I just say, take it easy, you know, until you get through that flu feeling or um, you'll know it. Like people are like, well, I don't know when I'm in ketosis, but that ninja feeling will kick in and then, you know, you'll feel good to want to go harder and push it more. Um, but when it comes to exercise, uh, the ketosis helps the blood glucose maintain in exercise. So keeping your moderate protein is also going to help preserve your muscle mass on top of the ketone bodies in keto, which is the whole point of ketosis. So aerobic exercises are more um, cardio or long duration, a low intensity or fat burning. Um, then you have more of your anaerobic exercises, which are the weightlifting or the high intensity intervals training, the what they call the HIIT workouts. Mm -hmm. uh, they're usually short duration, or but they have high intensity, shorter energy bursts, but a lot of carb burning. Um, then you have your other exercises that are more flexibility based that are like yoga or stretching. These are also safe during transition or in the beginning, you know, it's enough to get, um, support your soft tissue, but increase your race, range of motion and to just really get your muscles stretched and blood flowing. So if you feel like you're sick, you know, you want something during that transition, you know, you want to stay to you know, your lower intensity, so you're not straining your muscles. Um, and then the last type of exercise is the stability or the balance and core training. Uh, these really help support your alignment, but they're going to improve your balance and help with your body control. So they're going to strengthen muscles in other areas. These two are safe during transition. Um, my only warning when it comes to working out on keto, whatever workout suits for you, but it's all about how much you feel your body and how your macros suit you. So if you feel hungrier after a heavier leg day, or if you're a heavy weight trainer, you're, you know, you're training harder, listen to your body that next day and feed yourself those extra calories. Just be smarter about it. Um, and obviously, if you're putting your body through a transition at the beginning, you're not going to want to go balls to the wall as hard as you can okay. go to my personal record because it's physically not going to work for you bro i'm telling you now um your body's already detoxing and strenuous enough until you're into that you feel that aha moment and you're feeling better then i would say start going harder in the gym start pushing more but when you're in ketosis you notice your body it just it runs better the blood, the connection between your brain, your blood, your muscles is faster. It lasts longer, the energy. So I find out on the days, you know, when I'm working out, I don't have to work out. Like you said before, that's what pops in mind, um, how we're so afraid to eat. But uh -huh. we get so afraid to eat that sometimes we feel like every time we eat, we have to work it off that day. Whereas when you're in ketosis and working out, you kind of feel it. I know it's like, it sounds crazy to say, but those that have ever been in ketosis or have dabbled in ketogenic therapies, you know what I'm talking about. Um, you feel your amount of energy. So 
when you're in ketosis, you know, I, I'm, I'm one of those. I was a beach body person for a, a long time. You know, I'm a professional, you know, I do the beach body fitness classes, the beach body live classes now as a fitness instructor, but I don't do that sort of cyclic eating anymore. But I noticed that incorporating being in ketosis and doing workouts versus slamming pre-workout all the time in coffee there's nothing like it. You go harder, you go longer, you actually get to push harder, but you don't need a whole lot of, you don't have to do as many workouts that hard that week. You can actually work out three or four times a week and have as much progress and sanity and actual physical results that's a little less meant like you're better mentally because you have those extra days <laughs> than when I was working out seven days a week, sometimes two days a week, just trying or two times a day, seven days a week, two times a day, just trying to physically tell myself that, okay, this is good. I This will work for what I ate that day. So when you work out on keto, don't be afraid to work out, just work out smarter, work out what works for you and how you're feeling. Yeah, and that's and that's a very good point because I mean, it's like you said, a lot of people think that, you know, when on keto, that the idea of actually, like working out, it just it doesn't it it won't work because you're not getting enough protein and stuff to build the muscles and everything, which I never really understood like where that came from. Uh, yeah. Weird, weird thing about me on keto is like you know for those five months when I was uh, committed to keto, uh, keto and the diet and everything, like I didn't work out once and I got the weight loss, which was pretty awesome. Um, lately, yeah, I so- really. It took me. I think I did three, three and a half, or almost four months of just getting into the swing of things. I lost like thirty-five pounds, mm-hmm. but I didn't work out because I was focused on trying to just um, like take my time with it to get to the swing of just the nutrition before overexerting myself. So it took me longer to get into ketosis by tracking and figuring it out (laughs) for myself. So by the time I started feeling good, it took me about three or four months and I was like, all right, I feel good. I actually want to start working out. And then that's when I introduced it. some people don't feel good enough in that transition to work out, which is perfectly okay because your body's still doing, that's what I love about it. Um, when you're working out, it usually takes 30 minutes of really hard, intense, some sort of physical activity to get your heart pumping, sweating, to even get past that glucose burning mode, to mm-hmm. burn off all the sugars in your muscles, to hit that fat burning mode. When you're in ketosis, you're literally in fat burning mode 24/7 or I'm sorry like as long as you're you're maintaining your ketosis um, as long as you're maintaining your goals you're in fat burning mode already so that's what's nice too is you can focus on the nutrition and getting the journey right with yourself and your journey with your nutrition right and it's okay to not feel guilty about not working out right away because you're still putting your body through the transition you're in fat burning mode and you're still getting physical results and getting right mentally and nutritionally before you introduce the physical exertion on top of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, one of the biggest questions, uh, since you kind of brought it up about maintaining uh, ketosis, 
Uh, probably the biggest question I got from a lot of people is like, what happens when you have a day where there's too much carbs or you kind of have a cheat day where maybe you ate something that is carb loaded and it may just throw you out of ketosis. Like what, what can, what can people do to either like try to get back into ketosis after having like a cheat day or, uh, if they have too many carbs and stuff, like, are they completely out of ketosis where they're going to start the process all over again? Or is there a way to kind of like counteract what they just did? Uh, yes and yes. So it's like the good news, bad news situation. <laughs> um, because, you know, uh, if your goal is solely for fat loss or weight loss, um, when it comes to the ketogenic approach, you know, you really don't want to cheat often um, or because it puts you in that risk of blowing out of ketosis more frequently. Uh, what a carb overload does, or, you know, if you go over on your carbs or if you go over on your protein, your body, like we said before, is going to convert those into more of a, a glucose storage into not burning it right away. It's going to knock off your system to where it's going to get stored to come back to later. Um, but when you have a cheat meal on your keto or your lower carb, um, the first thing you're going to notice, um, I feel like we have to be honest more like just as much as we talk about like the idea of it. So once you deplete your body of the carbs, okay, you got to think of all that detox you do mm-hmm. when you refeeding, and you're introducing something that you've taken out of your body, you've got to think that there's going to be some sort of consequence or reaction. Um, So usually when you have a cheat meal, you have to know before having that cheat meal, if you've been like three weeks strict ketogenic, you know, you feel like you deserve it. Just be aware you're going, most people do have a little tummy troubles. You know, you get your bloating, you get cramps sometimes, you know, um, you know, it depends on the more, the more longer you've been in ketosis, the more fat adapted you are. Usually the less this happens or the less intensity. Um, but it all depends on how much you, if it's a cheat meal or if it's a full out binge, um, there's different ways. I'm sure we'll talk in a bit of to test for ketosis, but when you do these binges and things, it blows you, it puts your Um, it puts you out of ketosis, meaning, um, you pretty much just threw away what you just did. And some people, it takes Uh a little longer, but you know, so your first day back into keto, like you say you had your cheat meal, whatever. It was so worth it though, because of, you know, YOLO, I want cake. I eat my cake every now and again, we're all human. Um, but for those events, it's worth it though, too. So you learn, um, I know for me, I binge less when I cycle in a little bit of the cheat meals or the cheat days. Um, I feel like I, I don't binge as much when I do indulge now versus before me, not better me. Um, I feel like I have more self-control when it comes to cheat meals after being in ketosis for so long for, oh, wow, I guess we're going like two, three years going into my third year of personally being in ketosis. That's crazy. Oh, wow. wow. But, um, you know, so your first day back, you want to set your keto to be sort of like your normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but your day two and three is going to be where your test comes in. 
um, because you're ingesting those carbs, those white sugars, they're not going to show up and affect you like in right away, you know, they're going to start an inflammation, they're going to bloat. So they're going to take time to linger a bit before you start feeling the effects of that sugar you ingested. So day two and three, like that first day back, you're gonna be like, Oh, that was nothing. I can do this all the time. And then day two comes, and you're starting to get those sugar cravings again. And you're just thinking about all those good things that you just ate that your body kind of wants because you're still detoxing through those insulin spikes in your blood. Um, so at that point, like you said, it's mental, but you have to tell yourself you're going to get through it, but there's ways to get through it too. Uh, so day two and three is when your body starts to notice that glycogen deficiency and it's wanting those cravings back. Um, at that point, when people are keto for so long, that's the make it or break it point. Like you'll try to get back on keto, but you just can't get past those cravings and temptations to get yourself back into ketosis on your own. Um, because it takes a really long, like a really, really hard willpower at that point to fight those cravings again. Um, but you want the day one, what I urge to sort of help beat that to sort of help, um, to get ahead of those cravings, so to say, because they normally don't kick in until day two or three. So usually my first day back after a cheat meal, you really, really, really want to up, you know, you want to have your normal norms of your ketogenic macros are ideal, but um, you really want to load up on calories and fat, which people are so afraid of. But when you use, when you're stocking your calories through smarter carbs, through whole produce carbs, but you also want to, you know, they, those smarter carbs of produce also come with higher calories, but you're going to need those calories to sort of save into yourself for when those cravings kick in day mm -hmm. two and three. Um, so the same thing for day two and three, when you sort of get those cravings that kick in, uh, you still want to eat more than your normal amount of good, healthy, you know, your good fats and your calories. Um, just to get your body back to sort of seeing fats around again and sort of start like pretty much you want to put the fats in your body space and be like, all right, we're back. You need to start using it. Like just overload your body with good fats and those good calories to sort of satisfy your cravings and to suffice the carbs that your body is sort of fighting. Um, after a cheat meal, one of the quickest ways to sort of help with those cravings too is like we said before, usually when you're transitioning on keto, you know, it depends on how you feel. But on the day that you cheat, you're going, it will help tremendously in your battle after if you work out at some point before your cheat. Or I mean, if you work out the day that you have your cheat meal, if you don't, if you enjoy it, if it's a special event, you know, don't worry. Um, I would just recommend, you know, that day one of back to keto after your cheat meal, you're still, you're going to want to work out that day. And when I mean that day, you're going to want to work out really good because those cravings and that deficiency is going to kick in the next day. So you're kind of want to, you're going to want to get a good sweat and a good burn that first day back on keto because you're going to want to, like I said, sort of save your storage up a little bit and sweat out your glycogen storage so those cravings don't hit so hard. Um, when you do do this, though, when you do work out on your cheat day or you work out 
the day after your cheat day and really work out during that transition after a cheat day, you're sort of utilizing that glycogen and storage and those carbs that you just ingested, you're sort of utilizing them straight into a burning mode um, to sort of help build your muscles. So, I mean, if you're going to ingest your carbs, instead of just letting it overload and sit there, you're already going to want to, like, you're going to want to feel better to about cheat days and look forward to cheat days if you could say, well, yeah, I'm going to have a cheat day, but I'll work for it and I'll utilize it. So gains, bro, is pretty much the easiest <laughs> way I can say. Like it makes sense. But if you're going to cheat meal or carb up, just mentally prep yourself up and tell yourself, all right, if I'm going to do this and stay on track, might as well use it towards that muscle growth and enhance the whole process I've been doing. And when you do a cheat day, though, it's also a positive way to look at it. You know, glucose is another source of energy. So you see a lot of athletes, um, especially like really high intense athletes, they do this when it comes to like big workouts, big workout competitions or um, races, especially. Um, they sort of, when you harness that cheat meal, you know, your muscles are going to burn that glucose first. So it's sort of like another way to harness an energy source if you're smart about it. Uh, I'm not using it as an excuse to go binge a buffet and be like, gains, bro, I'm going to work out tomorrow. <laughs> like if you utilize the amount you're actually putting in and put in the amount of work, yes, you might test out of ketosis. You know, you might not. It all depends on your level of being fat adapted and the amount of activity you do when you're doing these things or utilizing before or after you do them. Um, but you also ask if there's a way to get around this besides working out, um, you know, the harder you binge or the more you carb, you got to think the longer the detox and sort of your chance of getting longer back into ketosis. Um, this is what's really cool because when it comes to any cheats, you sort of need to stay focused you need to stay hydrated water is key so key that's what's going to flush the detox you know the toxins out it's going to help as you're getting back into ketosis the more water you drink the, the more you're flushing things out but the deeper the everything's reaching in your cells um if you're doing just strict nutrition to get back into ketosis after a cheat besides the water. Um, like I said before, you're going to want to up your electrolytes. Um, coming back, you're going to want to be on top of your electrolytes because you're going to want to be ahead of that electrolyte deficiency, again, with the keto flu, which a lot of people dread. But if you're smart about it and you balance it out right, it's not as bad or there's chances you won't go through it as bad as you did before. It all depends on how fat adapted you were when you did it, but you know, just keep up on those electrolytes, the multivitamin, your magnesium, make sure you have those other things added in to sort of help balance you back in while that glucose burns and stabilizes. Um, you can also use the ketogenic therapy, which are known as PTKs, um, the ketones, the pure therapeutic ketones, 
these are the ones that are, you know, you made, they're made, you ingest exogenously through, there's ones that are drinks, there's ones that are food, powders, whatever quality or brand um, you so choose for your journey. <laughs> but what these do, uh, well, the ones that I use, like I said, that work within an hour, um, the therapeutic ketones can be harnessed to burst through a plateau if you're in a stagnant place of the ketosis journey. Or when it comes to cheat meals, this is where they're gold. This is where they're amazing. Because the whole point of an exogenous ketone is to input the ketone body to put your body into ketosis because it's inputting the ketones into your blood for you. Whereas waiting for the time for your body and your blood to make it. So think of it, I call them my little insurance pouches. I think that's why I've been able to sort of make keto work for me long-term because I like to indulge in my cycled cheat meals once a month. You know, I like to enjoy myself at events, but for me, getting out knocked out of ketosis is a harder battle to come back from because I have a lot more at risk when it comes for me for getting my body off of the tremors, the seizures, the shakes, all of that. So finding a way to have my cake and eat it too without going backwards, that's where these sort of come in. Um, but it's pretty much, it's a tool you can use to get back into ketosis without fully quitting keto. It makes um, cheat meals easier, more attainable into a natural lifestyle while maintaining or still being into the ketosis. Um, when you ingest the carbs, like I said, you know, I said it makes that inflammation, it brings that bloat until you get through it. But on a day that you're cheating, if you take some sort of therapeutic exogenous ketones, your body is put into ketosis, like the ones I use are within an hour. Uh, that's the patent that the ones that I use, whatever ones that you use, you might want to look. But what those do is putting your body into ketosis while you're having your cheat meal that day, you're sort of giving yourself that little insurance pocket to where it's not going to allow, well, it also depends on how much you intake all of that, but just an ideal situation here. Um, if you take your ketones and you have a cheat meal, that those carbs and that extra sugar doesn't have time to be stagnant and build too much of a boat. It's more like, uh, instead of like a big angry bloat, it's more like a small aggravated pause. So it's kind of like, in theory, it's like hitting a pause button, so to say, but it's a pause in the sense that you're not losing time for that ketosis to kick in. So you get to have, uh, your body's already in ketosis when you're having a cheat meal or it goes into ketosis right after having a cheat meal, depending on when you take them. But if you're using PTKs when it comes to cheat meals or just for cheat meals, I recommend you'd use them the day of your cheat meal and your three days after um, you don't have to, like I said, you can still come back from a cheat meal completely, strictly nutritional, but I could also walk around to work or walk to the post office. I just choose to drive because it gets me there faster, easier, with less stress. 
<laughs> so, I mean, it's whatever works for you. Um, you know, they are safe to take every day or, you know, there's people I know that only use them for cheat days because they're pretty good in the ketogenic lifestyle living. They like to use them just to have those cheat days or to have a few more leeway in cheat days or weekends a little bit. Um, Cause people don't count carbs. Like they count carbs, but they don't think of liquid carbs. So if you're doing low carb eating, but you're not watching your low carb drinking, you know, a slight overage that way. That's how a lot of people slip out of ketosis on weekends is more drinking than it is eating because they just forget that they had more glasses or they just forget to track them. But that's a way to sort of be ahead of it to where you don't have to be on top of everything, I guess. As mentioned before, um, this uh, interview continued. This is part two of a four-part series. So that means over the next two weeks, we're going to get two additional parts. Finishing up uh, here at the end of uh, February, which like I said in the last episode, February is keto month uh, here on this freaking show. So make sure you check out all four uh, parts of this to get all the information that Jackie shared with us. Like I said, I'm so excited that she did this. I'm really happy she uh, took time out to do this because I know how busy she is getting all her stuff put back together uh, for her keto journey and all the stuff that she does for it. So um, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, You guys, like I said too, uh, you know I've noticed? I say that a lot. Like I've said, as I mentioned, uh, you guys know. You guys know this stuff, and I repeat it all the time. But any questions you have about the keto diet that you may still have, even after listening to this, reach out to me. You can reach out to Jackie. Uh, I'll answer the best I can with the knowledge I have, uh, and she will definitely help you out when she can. And uh, uh, we're all about uh, being here for each other as we you know, pursue our journeys here. And whatever the diet you choose, the workouts you choose, any healthy um uh, concept of life that you have before you, your own journey. You know, everyone support. Everyone needs to support everybody. I, I um, if you haven't had a chance yet, make sure you check out my uh, journey journal, as I call it, at uh, WordPress. It's uh, this freaking journey. I uh, checked it out. I uh, kind of uh, document and write down all the information about my diet journey uh, from January of 2018 to present. And uh, it's a little, it's fun to read. I've heard, I've heard good things. A lot of people say it helps them out too. It's kind of a motivational thing, which does mean a lot to me. You can find that at thisfreakingjourney.wordpress.com and uh, go listen to that. Also, uh, you know anyone who wants to listen to the show who hasn't listened to the show yet, who's a fan of keto, cosplay, or anything else, you know you're able to find us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and that Podbean. You just got to search this freaking show. Make sure you follow us on social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, just by searching this freaking show. If you're looking to be part of a community as far as diets or your own journey, uh, you go to Facebook. I created a group uh, last year called Our Freaking Journey. It's just a uh, get. It's just a bunch of people who get together on it uh, to show support to each other. And if you have questions or any ideas, you can post on it too. So if you're interested in that, go ahead and feel free to uh, search that out. Uh, you know, invite yourself and everything. A lot of fun. A lot of stuff I um, I try to do to get you guys involved in the show because the show does not work without you. Oh, shit. I forgot to do my freaking thinking. Holy hell. Let me do that before I close out this show and say goodbye. Um, the only thing I'm freaking thinking about this week is the fact that it is Valentine's Day. Uh, it is a holiday I have not celebrated. And uh, this will be seven years. 
And that sucks. It's not that I haven't tried. It just doesn't work out that way. But uh, the only thing I'm really thinking about is uh, it seems like this time of year, a lot of people are like questioning their relationships more than enjoying them. And the only reason I've noticed that is because I get a lot of people asking me about their lives and their relationships and stuff like that, which I get it. I get that, you know, I'm like one of the most honest people in the world and I'm going to tell you exactly what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. But it's just weird how you go to the guy who hasn't had a steady girlfriend in seven years for advice like this. But I'm happy to do it. I'm that kind of guy. So um, this year, uh, I don't know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll meet with one of my friends and uh, me and her to go take advantage of one of these discount uh, dinners or something that restaurants have for Valentine's Day or some shit. I don't fucking know. But that's all I have. So as always, I am Travis T. And thank you for listening to another episode of This Freaking Show. I'm out.